I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and dive deep into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, Denise. I'm so excited to have you and welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. Before we start asking any questions, I'm going to read your bio. So Denise Michelle is a self-love alchemist. I love that name. It's so beautiful. Award-winning transformational life coach, rapid transformational hypnotherapist, number one best-selling author, creator of Hypno Healing, Think and Grow Rich instructor of self-love expert with a background in healing arts and spiritual entrepreneurship. She dedicates her deep connection with spirit and education on self-love, mastery to help healers, spiritual entrepreneurs, and influencers in the path to serve the collective. In her 20 years of personal healing journey, she has beaten the odds with mental illness, sexual abuse, addiction, anxiety, suicidal depression, bankruptcy, and is on a mission to help others rise. She has learned that living a vision-driven life is ultimately practice of self-love, which I love. The place where dreams come alive and transformation is made. Oh my God, Denise, welcome. And thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. Look, I'm excited. So I know Denise and I were not in the same book, but in a book series, and we just got to see each other in Paris and had a lovely time. And really what I want you to tell the listeners is tell them a little bit about yourself, what you do, what your business is about. I know we talked a little bit about, but I want you to describe it in in your words. Yeah. As Yamilka said, I'm the self-love alchemist and I am a self-love expert and that's not something that you're born with or you go to school for, you know, it's something that you earn in life through life experience and wisdom. And as she mentioned, I've accomplished quite a few things But that's not really what drives me. The awards, the recognition, the achievements are nice. But what drives me is how fulfilled I feel when I help people transform their lives and really tap into their authentic self through self-love. I would say at this juncture, I'm continuing to, you know, the path continues to unfold for us as we go deeper in understanding ourselves and understanding our mission and, and our purpose. And it's not a straight road. However, the gifts that get uncovered have just been so beautiful because now I'm at a point where I'm massively taking my work to a global level. And I'm, Ali Milko knows, I'm actually in the process of moving to Bali and leaving my life of 24 years in Los Angeles and uh, not even starting a new chapter, but starting a new book. Wow, that's huge. I am so, so excited for you. So let me ask you this. So I tell my listeners is it wouldn't be a therapy podcast or a brand therapy podcast if we didn't talk about childhood. So tell me about a story in your childhood that kind of drove you to where you are today. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'll start from the beginning, which is being born with borderline personality disorder. And I would say that was a gift in a lot of ways because it made me obsessed with love from the time I was a small child. And, you know, I would say in my childhood, having something like BPD and not having emotional regulation and not understanding what real emotions were, I would say like as a child, there are certain needs that kids can somewhat articulate. I had no idea how to articulate these things. And it really spiraled me out in a lot of ways and created a lot of chaos in my life on top of having a very dysfunctional family home you know, moving around to a lot of different schools, watching my parents fight. There was nothing quote unquote normal. I mean, it was my normal, but I didn't know what a happy childhood was like truly because I was in fight or flight most of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, you know. And when in your life did you recognize or you made yourself aware of what was happening? Yeah, I would say... I started having kind of issues with mental stuff when I was a teenager. You know, I started having suicidal tendencies at 13 years old and then attempted suicide at 14. I knew something was off, but it wouldn't be until my 20s when my psychotic episodes really started forming. That's when I knew that something was off. And it wasn't even because I was hurting myself. It was because I was hurting other people. And I was recognizing that and I was starting to feel remorse for it for the first time. Wow, that's huge, you know. And when did you start doing something about it? Yeah, I was uh, about 22, 23 years old and I was in a relationship with my true love. I like, who's the love of my life? I mean, at you know, 22 years old. And I noticed that one of my episodes kind of affected him in a way that, I was like, this is the man I, you know, the guy I love. I don't, I don't want to do this to him. And he lived in Boston. I lived in Los Angeles. And it was like one of those things that because I lived so far away from him, I could hide it until I couldn't anymore. And when it finally showed up and I saw how it affected him, that's when I got help. The thing is, is that I was getting treated for depression, anxiety, and sexual abuse I wouldn't even know that I had BPD until another four years later. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. Yeah. And so, how was that process for you? That process was confusing because I just kept telling the same story kind of over and over again, but my behaviors weren't changing. I was creating some awareness, but it wasn't until I discovered that I had BPD, which is a, a discovery that I personally made after somebody told me that I was emotionally unstable. And that's when I looked it up on the internet, emotionally unstable. And then it was like everything on borderline. And I was like, oh my God, this is like me. This is everything that I do. And then that took me into a rabbit hole of finding a specialist who could treat BPD. That's really when the work started. Wow, that's amazing. So, you know, a lot of times, I guess we have to go through some of these things to get to our purposes, right? Our purpose in life is and and where we're taking our lives. So let me ask you this. Everybody has a fame story and everybody has a different definition of fame, which is, I find actually super interesting. So I want you to tell us your fame story. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. I would say my fame story started in 2014 when I came out of the proverbial closet with mental illness. 
And I wrote an article that I decided to send to Elephant Journal to publish, sharing with the entire world that I live with mental illness. And at the time, I owned a yoga studio in downtown LA, and I had created a whole community. I would say that that was the first claim to fame that I was like, okay, I'm going to put my life out there. And I was terrified. You know, it was just like, if I do this, this means that A, I'm no longer hiding and B, I could literally lose everything by doing this. But what happened was that, you know, instead of people thinking that I was nuts, (laughs) the opposite happened. I was all of a sudden brave and I started becoming a voice for people. And I've continued to hone that voice over this last decade. And I knew deep down that owning a yoga studio in downtown LA wasn't my path, that I was meant to be a global leader in some way, shape or form. And I just had no idea how that was going to happen. And it's literally starting to happen right now. Like it's, I look at moving to Bali as this is everything that I've worked towards for the last decade. And now it's coming to fruition. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to show up for it. I so love that. Oh my God, it's so exciting because <laughs> I know that moving is, you know, a very stressful kind of thing. You have to do certain things before you leave everything behind. And I know you're through that process right now. So there's a lot of things kind of happening, but it's so exciting because you understand where you lie now, right? And the last time I saw you, I just remember this the other day because we were um, having dinner at, at a Chinese restaurant and I can't eat. I'm not allergic to peanuts. I just can't eat peanuts. I get indigestion and I started to kind of feel it come up on my chest. And I'm like, I had you next to me and I'm like, can you please do something? Please heal me. I'm like, I know I just need a little bit of love or whatever you want to call it to move that energy out. And I have to tell you, like, I slept like a baby that night. Wow. uh, I mean, it was literally just that little bit of Reiki I did on you to support you in that way. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I love that thought of you. You were right there. We were talking about this whole journey that you were taking. And, and I was like, I need her help. I need her help to help me move this energy out of my chest because then Then what happens, and I know that this is usually what happens with me, is that it'll stay there for a while. I mean, it eventually leaves, but the process got accelerated through your beautiful healing process. So so I'm happy to support in that way. Yay. (laughs) So let me ask you the next question. Yeah. Tell me about your personal brand. What is self-love alchemist? Yeah. So the self-love alchemist, it derived from the alchemist the book it's my favorite book i read it at least once a year really i think that was even probably the first spiritual kind of personal development book that i ever picked up and yeah it's always just stayed with me and i just realized that everything that i've studied over the last 20 years all the wisdom that i've gained and the experiences everything that i had it just came down to this alchemy of self love because I looked at it and I was like, wow, everything I do is in the realms of self-love, self-care and self-healing. Like that's what I'm freaking obsessed with. All aspects of that, no matter what quadrant of life I'm looking at, I always see a way of how do we meet this with love? And so on the grander scale of things, I mean, my business is called Bridge the Love. 
And I don't see it as like, I mean, I, I even remember the moment that it came to me and I wrote it down and I just looked at it and I was like, oh my God, that's the name of my business. And this is while I'm waiting for the investment for my coaching certification to come through and not knowing, you know, I had taken a huge risk because I had no money at the time to, to even do that, but it, it somehow came through. And anyway, I wrote it down, but I saw Bridge the Love is not just the name of my business, but it was like a movement. And I was like, oh my God, like this is me stepping in as a global leader. I don't know how long this is going to take, but I'm going to show up to it. So in an essence, I think that we're all alchemists, to be honest. I just so happen to be branded as the self-love alchemist, but my mission is love and how we can truly create, I would say, solutions personally, professionally, and globally with love. And sometimes the thing is, is that once we allow ourselves to rise into a certain place, not everybody's going to be able to come with us. Not everybody's going to be able to see it from that perspective. And we have to be open and accepting of whatever that is for others. The biggest thing that I notice is that we just can't do this. We can't shrink ourselves down. We can't go back to something we've already learned, right? We have to just keep moving forward and hope that people are going to catch up with us. What is it that we say, go big or go home, right? It's like, go big or go home. And that brings up a lot of fear. So tell me about your greatest fear. Oh, uh, being a global leader, <laughs> um, <laughs> holding space for people on a massive level. It's, it is scary. It's really scary because it's just like, I want to do right by people and I want to do right by myself and by my mission. This is why I hone my practices and my rituals so well to the point where I abstain from, like, I live a completely sober life because of it, because it, from the time I go to bed to the time I wake up and go through my day, like every day, all day, I'm doing things intentionally. And not to say I don't get tripped up or I don't fall into patterns or anything like that, but I'm constantly striving. How, how can I add more value? What can I do to create more love in the world? How can I be more kind? How can I be more empathetic? But the thing is, is that it all comes full circle because at the end of the day, how can I hold space for all of those people? But how am I holding space for myself first, right? I can't do that for others until I do that for myself. My mission to teach people is that no matter what we have going on in our life with our families, our children, our careers, whatever it is, that we can always find a way to come back to love. We can always find a way. So I, I kind of used to say that we're either operating in love or fear at all times. But the real thing is, is love is the separation from fear. Mm. right? It's all here. And so when we start to go into our fear state, we're pulling ourselves away from love. So sometimes it takes like massive action or massive momentum to just push us to allow ourselves to get back into love. And that comes with surrender. Exactly. So tell me a story or a time where you were holding back from this moment? Like what happened for you to be able to feel that you could move forward? And, and what was it that was holding you back? Mm. The one that, that really comes to mind is my decision to become a life coach and go into certification training. And at a time when I had just filed for bankruptcy, I didn't know how I was going to pay for this very expensive training 
But something told me that if I don't at least try to find the money, then I'm never going to know. And for me, it was worth, I said, if I can just help one person, then all of this will be worth it. And so I had to go through some massive initiations to find the money. And I did within four hours of the deadline. It was nuts. And so it was me just saying, okay, I'm going to jump off this cliff because I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. So that's one of the biggest things that I've ever faced. Exactly, exactly. And so to that point, a lot of times we don't get to where we're at without a support or guides or mentors, whatever you want to call it. So tell me about whether it's a person or several people who have helped you get to where you are. Yeah, it's like a village. <laughs> it's like I wouldn't even say it's a person. <laughs> it's a village. And the key to that, which I'm sure you know this too, is that you didn't get to where you are by yourself. And we don't, we need community and we need people to help us. But we also have to be willing and open to seeing ourselves and to, to receive those reflections. The people that we can trust are going to give us along our path, right? And how able and ready we are to receive, not criticism, but feedback, right? Right, totally. I think sometimes we don't even ask for help because we don't want to hear the feedback or we don't want to hear the resistance to something. Especially, you know, I think for women, a lot of times we tend to try to do everything on our own and ourselves, even when we are a solopreneur, it's like we have to figure it out. And it only takes a call or a message or something to really reach out to somebody and just voice it out loud. It doesn't mean you have to take right their advice, but it's just good to hear somebody else's perspective. It is. And oftentimes what I find that is, you know, and I know this for myself too, is that when people don't reach out for help or support, it has a lot to do with their self-worth. They don't feel worthy of receiving help. And I know I've been there before. Exactly. So tell me lessons learned for you. What kind of lessons? (laughs) Three lessons learned, whether they're life lessons or business lessons. These are a good question. So I would say lessons learned in relationships. This is a good one is knowing when it's time to let go of relationships. Oftentimes we will hold on to relationships. One of the ones that I'm experiencing currently is a really deep relationship that I had with. She was my best friend and our relationship is now over. And what I realized was at the end of the day, it came down to the upper limit issue of the fear of outshining. And I noticed that I was keeping myself down here to keep meeting her. Yeah. Wow. That's a huge lesson. A huge lesson, I think, for all of us, because I was just talking to somebody the other day and I said, you know, I have a good friend. She hasn't reached, you know, I've been trying to reach her. She doesn't reply to my messages. And she said to me something very wise, which I didn't think about. She's like, maybe that relationship is supposed to end and you're trying to bring it back. Yeah. So what I would recommend is for you to let that go and see where it takes you. I never thought about it like that. I thought, oh, why is she mad at me? There's a saying that our relationships 
are here for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm. Right. And it's true because not everybody's going to be able to come with you on your journey and vice versa. Right. And knowing and being able to let go of that particular relationship is huge. I think that's a huge, huge lesson. So let me ask you this. What's next? I mean, you have so much excitement going on in your life right now. What's next for you, Denise? Where do you see yourself in the next five, 10 years? Okay. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Well, helping people globally. I mean, it goes down to teaching my digital courses, teaching live workshops, uh, sharing my gifts in the world. I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to be in Bali. It could be for a year. It could be for 10 years. I have no idea. All I know is that is the place that I'm called to share my light and my gifts. And it's going to be my hub. And it's going to take me all over the world. And I mean, I've already been on the global speaking circuit for a couple of years now, but I see it getting bigger. I see Bridge the Love really becoming something beautiful. I see people stepping into themselves in a really beautiful way so they can be the light for others. That's what Bridge the Love is. It's just an admission of love. And I see myself with a beautiful, amazing partner and living my best life and feeling an incredible freedom that I wish for everybody to get to feel and playing and having fun. And I just feel like this next book that I'm writing for myself is, you know, I'm just letting this old part of me go. It's like, in all honesty, what I realized about this home that I was living in, even though it was my dream home, I was holding onto it because it was the last place that I saw my mother alive. Oh, wow. It was the last place that I saw my dog alive. And so I had this like cord attached, but once I cut that cord and I felt this freedom and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm free. I can fly now. That's what I see is just adding massive value in the world in a way that just feels fun and authentic and just connecting with people all over the place and doing what I do best and just being me. You know, it's so amazing. I, I've been to Bali a few times and I hear people when they say like, when Mama Bali calls you, you just go because you don't know what's next in your life. Yeah. And you have to kind of just go with the feeling and the purpose and what is taking you, right? It's like she's pulling you over to into her arms. And so I'm so excited to really go visit you and see yes. you sometime in Bali when you're having some sort of event. Yes. I haven't been since 2020, right before the pandemic. So wow. Yeah. It's changed a lot from what yeah. I hear, but I think it's changing in a good way. And also what Bali is, I'm sure you know, is a healer had told me this. She said, Bali will reel you in and squeeze you out. So Bali is a very potent energy. It's a whole new thing that I've, I've never, I mean, and I'm tapped in and I was like, whoa, this is a lot to navigate. But you know what? The thing is, is when you show up to it, man, those transformations are amazing. And that's what I really see happening there is that people, they go to Bali for these amazing transformations. But the problem that I see happening is that they go home and then they don't know how to integrate it and they don't yeah. know how to, how to make permanent change in their life. Yeah. And with that said, how can people reach you? How can people get a hold of you? Where are you at? You know, I know we talk about this amazing pet that you have. I'm my so chicken. Excited. Yes, your chicken. So if anybody wants to meet 
what's the name of your checkout account? Hazel. Hazel the Hazel. Hen. <laughs> yes, Hazel. So if you want to meet Hazel, you have to go find Denise. So tell them, Denise, where can they find you? So you can definitely go to my website, which is bridgethelove.com. But the best place, honestly, is social media. I'm really big on Instagram. That's my main platform, that and Facebook. I have a really awesome private community on Facebook as well called the Self Love Tribe. So if you want to message me, you can send a message to hello at bridgethelove.com or just go to my website, bridgethelove.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You can also go to my Instagram, which is Denise Michelle XOXO, and you can follow the journey there. I am constantly posting in my stories, and you'll even see a whole highlight of Hazel the Hen and how I found her in Bali and how I rescued her. And she's thriving now, and it's really beautiful. Oh, I'm so excited for you and this new journey that you are going to go on. And I can't wait to see you. So, Thank you, Denise. I know you're super busy trying to get back out into Bali world and getting all your stuff kind of settled in. I so appreciate you and your time. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And I hope maybe we can get back to on the show and sometime next year and see where you're at. And I would love that. And do it from Bali. Oh my God. Yes. I would love that. I'm going to say yes to that right now. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. And I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you so much, Yamoka. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you'd like to connect with me on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding, Bespoke Branding Agency, or email me at yamoka at yamoka.com. Thanks for listening.